You're listening to the Big Finish podcast, released on the 27th of September, 2020. I think we should get out of here. I've only just arrived. What was that? I think it was the barmaid. What? Hello you, and welcome to a really properly packed podcast of Big Finish audio drama goodness. Oh, where to start, Nick? Well, I'm Nick, he's Benji for starters, but yes, Doctor Who in particular, David Tennant, who's been crowned the winner of a Radio Times survey of favourite doctors. He certainly has, hasn't he? Mm. Yeah, well, we've been fortunate enough at Big Finish to work with him on a number of projects recently. Uh, Coming up in November, we'll be releasing the 10th Doctor and River Song box set of three incredible adventures, (gasps) and we'll be giving you a special advanced preview of those in the company of David Tennant and Alex Kingston themselves. Yes, that'll take the place of our drama tease spot. Meanwhile, we'll be catching up with the gritty spy action of Callan, previewing some more Jerry Anderson audiobooks, and teasing you with the latest Doctor Who short trip, a Ninth Doctor time and mind-bending adventure, Her Own Bootstraps, performed by Jacob Dudman. And naturally, you can rely on all our regular features being here. We look at the latest reviews of Missy 2. We delve into your emails sent to podcast at bigfinish.com. And we offer you a 25% discount on a randomly selected Big Finish release. I mean, what not to love? First up, as you may remember, we were chatting about Callan last week, the 1960s, 70s gritty espionage thriller brought back to life in audio drama form with our fantastic star actors Ben Miles and Frank Skinner. Well, the first box set got great reviews and it looks like the long-awaited Volume 2 is going down well too. We'll have more on that in a moment, but first, Nick put a call-out on his official Facebook page last week asking for listeners' comments on Callan Volume 1. So, here are some more of those. Uh, From John Ryan, utterly brilliant, loved every last minute of it and cannot wait for the long wait for Volume 2 to be over. But it is over now, John. Uh, This one here from John Keefe, another classic show brought back as a superb audio series. The acting, sound design and music are all top notch. Thank you, Big Finish. Thank you, John Keefe. Uh, You don't need any familiarity, says Tom Boone, with the Callan television series. I've never seen it to enjoy Big Finish's Callan audios. Like Survivors and the Omega Factor, Callan has its own distinct identity and atmosphere and delivers a set of very satisfying stories. Well, Philip Edney says, dark and moody. I remember my father loving the television show, but I was always sent to bed before it came on. Go to bed! Go to bed! It was a great listen, uh, great to listen to the Big Finish magic that brought a show back uh, from a past uh, to life into the now. Uh, Great casting. Everyone totally nails their roles. Stop nailing it. Uh, Alex Hawker says, just awesome. It has really captured the spirit of the original. Would love to hear uh, Big Finish do Doomwatch. Also, two big hearts there. Will we hear Doomwatch? Jamie Halstone says, I loved it. I thought Frank Skinner was a revelation as lonely and Ben Miles was the perfect substitute for the late, great Edward Woodward. 
as I'd mentioned before, uh, Frank Skinner was very keen uh, to play Lonely. When I emailed him about it, and he just went, "Yes, please." N. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Harold Gervais says, "Fantastic, hard-edged, and gritty. The only problem with it is we don't have more of it." I c- couldn't agree more. Well, our chum Steve Hatcher says, perfect casting and fantastic scripts. A wonderful compliment to the original TV series. One of the best ever made. Grubby and unpleasant, but always entertaining, just as Callan should be. How about Public Eye next? God, that'd be good, wouldn't it? Perfect timing. Oh, don't get us started. I thought Steve was going to say grubby and unpleasant, but that's enough about me. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Steve, I just couldn't resist that. Uh, Graham Rayson says, Volume 1 was an excellent interpretation of the 60s series. Too right. Nigel Bromley says, I love it. Like virtually everything else that Big Finish produces. Aww. It has a really distinct feel and fascinating characters. I listened to the first box set driving my old TVR down from Scotland and the hours flew by. Uh-huh. Uh, already pre-ordered the second set. Brilliant. Oh, brilliant. Oh, well, I hope you've got it now, Nigel, and I'm making another road trip just to listen to it. A special road trip. Uh, Michael Gibbons says, Brilliant expansions of the short stories that they are adapted from. I'm a big Callan fan from way back, so it's a joy to have more episodes to enjoy and place in the collection with the DVDs of the TV series. Andrew Ford says it captures the feel of the original perfectly. I remember watching the reruns of the TV show in the 80s. Here's a thing that people unfamiliar with it should know. It's more than just a nostalgia experience. Mm. Uh, These are well-constructed dramas and they work just as well in the here and now for new audiences so there we go oh, yeah. give it That's a really give good it a listen. point to make yeah thank you Andrew that was a nice point to make uh, Ian Parks says being a bit too young to remember the original transmission my first exposure to Callan was via a cut down Super 8 version of the movie hey. remember those and the Channel 4 repeats having bought the DVDs a couple of years back I really got into the series I must admit I was sceptical at first when Big Finish announced the first box set someone other than Woodward playing Callan sounded like heresy however about 10 minutes in i was hooked ben mars and frank skinner received the baton and ran with it it's such a pity that so few people experience the audios as i think they are among some of the finest things big finish have ever done let's change that then let's let's get lots of people listening it's really worth it it's kind of it's rallying a bit callan you know it's not um by no means one of our most popular ranges it's quite niche really and especially for the big finish audience you know our, our lovely audience that they are mostly interested in doctor who so when we release something like this even though it's from you know the most popular genre there is which is spy and thriller stuff and crime that is you know the most popular fictional genre it should do the best shouldn't it but of course people who love doctor who and science fiction come to big finish so it's the vent the bit of the venn diagram of people who love science fiction and doctor who also like thrillers and gritty espionage stuff that's it's just them buying it if only if only we could find a way get of getting out. others to be because it is absolutely superb and what i'm particularly um, it's like you know our friend fatina you know she'd never seen the tv series and she wrote to me after she'd uh, uh listened to the first series and said you know i've got a new addiction i'm it's <laughs> callan you know she's just couldn't stop listening to it she listened to it over and over again because she just loved it so much so i think it's you know it's just got such a nostalgic style but also really good relevant 
character development as well. You know what I mean? It's not just an old-fashioned thing. It also, the characters are very much alive when you listen to them. Well, we've got one here from Simon Wood, which says, uh, I think this is amazing and the cast is perfect. I hope it's sold well enough to be able to continue the range. Um, I'd be interested to see Big Finish do a series like The Sandbaggers. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. Uh, I mean, you, We love The Sandbaggers, don't we? Got a lot of time for The Sandbaggers. And the hedgehogs. <laughs> well, maybe one day. Hey, I would love to do the sandbaggers. Brilliant. Another spy thing. A little bit grubby, a little bit Gritty nasty. realism, isn't it? Really yeah, realistic. Starring Roy Marsden. Uh, it was Roy Marsden, wasn't it? I believe yeah. so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's right. Who has been in Big Finish stuff as well. Anyway, huge shout out to all of you who wrote in to the Nicholas Briggs official uh, Facebook page about Callan. I really, really do appreciate you all taking the time. There were even a few more comments, but I, I didn't want this to become completely the Callan podcast. Although... There are these two great reviews hot off the press for Callan Volume 2 out last week. Mm-hmm. Yes, Sci-Fi Bulletin says Ben Mars and Frank Skinner step into the roles as if to the manor born. Welcome back, Mr. Callan. Mr. Callan, uh, 8 out of 10. Not bad. I mean, could have done with a bit more. And Rick Davey of the Unmutual website says the following. It's not only up there with the very finest work that Big Finish have ever produced, but also up there with the very finest of Callan's original televisual adventures. Congratulations, Big Finish. Once again, you smashed it. Well, Rick continues here and says, uh, you can feel and see Callan's world-weary facial expressions through Miles' performance. And Hunter is again the perfect counter. The tone of Briggs' performance flawless in its execution. Peter has matched his father's writing style and sense of intrigue absolutely perfectly. He continues, Big Finish deserve a claim of the very highest order for this second series, which was well worth the wait. Callan and Big Finish are the perfect fit. And I would be hard pushed to find a better example of audio adaptation in the last 10 years. Well, I hope you get the message anyway that Callan is brilliant. (laughs) Uh, So easy, just go to bigfinish.com, type in Callan, that's C-A-L-L-A-N, put that into the search pane at the top to find everything you need for the grittiest of gritty spy stories in audio drama form. Your turn to shoot, Mr. Callan. I've got a job for you. Means travelling. Who with and how much? With me, you burk. And it's 100 nicker. What's to do? I want you to be my valet for the weekend. It says here you're to give me the file labelled dead shot. It's a red file, David. Of course it is. They're the only ones I ever seem to get these days. It's just that he trusts you. He knows I'm expendable, you mean. According to Israeli intelligence, the Barmer job has been put out to contract. So why not let them handle it? Nobody handles anything here except me, Callan. Have you noticed anything strange about him recently? Why do you ask? Because he's sending me on a job up north and he's insisting on coming with me. But he can't. It's against the rules. Is he dangerous, Mr. Kellen? Yes, old son. He kills people. Oh, my God. Don't move, Mr. Baumer. If you think I was good with a shotgun, you should see what I can do with this Magnum revolver. Six shots, three head, three heart. Good shooting, Mr. Kellen. Go for the pedestrian. I'll take the muck. You gentlemen lost. Big finish. We love stories. I'll take two of those, please. Here. Cheers. 
coming up in this podcast. Don't forget, we preview Jerry Anderson audiobooks of Gemini Force One and Into Infinity, uh, a Ninth Doctor short trip, and we give you an in-depth preview of the Tenth Doctor and River Song box set out in November, talking to David Tennant and Alex Kingston. But before all that, we delve into the latest reviews. As we said, this week's reviews are about Missy Series 2. Here's the trailer. There will come a night so dark so soon that you will look into your own eyes and despair at what you've become. I really don't think so. From Big Finish Productions, Missy Series 2. One Mississippi? This, my dear Missy, is no ordinary revenge. No common or garden act of retribution. No, I've been planning this for decades. Two Mississippi? And you, you are the time traveller known as Master, yes? Yes, he is. What? Me? No, 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 that's her. Three Mississippi? One day she'll turn on you too. Four Mississippi? Holographic cloak, a useful acquisition. Oliver, allow me to introduce my friend, Mr. Strax. He is a firm ally. Five Mississippi? I am a Sontaran, yes. I am also a Sontaran on holiday. Kindly do not disturb me. Six Mississippi. She called it a countdown. Regard how each second the number changes, the dynamite will detonate at midnight. Seven, Mississippi. Bingo! Eight, Mississippi. Do you want to know a secret? Always. Nine, Mississippi. I'm not the doctor. Ten, Mississippi. It was the last bad thing you ever did. Big finish. We love stories. I'd like to thank you for joining me on this tour of the Black Archive. Do keep your hands inside the cart at all times. Ooh, Sontaran Blaster. We'll have one of those. Quickly, Bertram. Anything that looks deadly, pop it in Mummy's bag. That's the stuff, isn't it? And to get hold of Missy Series 2, just go to bigfinish.com and type Missy into the search pane at the top. It's as easy as that. And talking of easy, um, you can get your hands on a great watch and clock if you go to DoctorWhoWatch.com. You can't, they're not clocksmiths. Um, but I, I sort of, you know, I dream of them one day producing uh, a range. They've um, got to do it. But DoctorWhoWatch.com says, Overall, Missy Series 2 features a fantastic mix of stories. Whilst the overall tone is somewhat lighter than what we've had in The War Master, uh, the series doesn't shy away from how evil and ruthless Missy is. Yeah. And we're given a set of stories that's both hilarious and enjoyable. Uh, Big Finish has really done well exploring this character, and I hope this remains true for the later box sets. TheDigitalFix.com says Missy Series 2 is another fun expansion of the Doctor Who universe as Big Finish... Oh. Right, as big finish. Uh, Michelle <laughs> Gomez is as superb as ever, a playful, psychotic, fourth wall breaking, whirlwind of a lead character without the doctor to tie her down. She's a great she's as crazy as ever. And like series one last year, this set is arguably the most entertaining big finish set of 2020. 2020's not over yet. Well sci-fi pulse.net. <laughs> 
says, Missy Series 2 is a darkly delightful follow-up containing stories by Lisa McMullen, Roy Gill, Gemma Arrowsmith and John Dorney. These tales introduce new wrinkles, revisit old friends and Ooh. continue the process of integrating Big Finish into modern Doctor Who and vice versa. Oh, interesting. Cultbox.co.uk says, Utterly bonkers and a little exhausting in places. Michelle Gomez's performance as the capricious Missy is never less than supremely entertaining. Across four relatively self-contained stories, it seems that you can drop Missy anywhere and rely on her to cause mayhem. Her stories are able to contain a level of absurdity that other corners of the Hooniverse cannot get away with. With sound design from Ian Meadows and a terrific score from Joe Kramer, this is another audible delight from Big Finish. Uh, though it has yet to be announced, we have fingers crossed for a third series, D- don't we all? IndieMacUser.co.uk says Gomez is on top form and clearly having the time of her life here. Highly recommended, 8 out of 10. On the Twitter sphere, at Harvey M. Nolan says the Missy box sets are some of the greatest sets that At Big Finish have produced. So fantastic and consistently written with Gomez and at Rufus Hound providing a great double act. Pick them up now in capital letters, two exclamation marks. Well, Carl Will 42601337 on Twitter <laughs> says, yes. finally uh, found the time to make a start and Big Finish Missy 2 set, which opens up with the Lumiat by Lisa McMullen. And it's a little bit, if not quite a bit, fantastic. Yes. The Lumiat is a brilliant idea for a new character and Lisa's script is sparkling fun and funny. Love this. Oh, in capitals as well. Uh, That's it for this week. We'll be having a look at the reviews of Torchwood Save Our Souls next week, written by Scott Hancock and starring Rowena Cooper as Queen Victoria. Scott's not uh, writing the reviews. Well, maybe he is, I don't know. Anyway, arise! We'll be previewing a Ninth Doctor short trip that deals with a certain picture of the Doctor at Krakatoa in the TV episode Rose. That's coming up very soon, but first, time now to preview a couple of Jerry Anderson audiobooks out this week. First up, Gemini Force One Ghost Mine. Ben Carrington's dream has become a reality. He's finally a member of Gemini Force. But, still suffering from the deaths of his parents, it's a bittersweet triumph. When news reaches Gemini Force One of a gang of illegal ghost miners trapped after a South African mining disaster, Ben is glad to spring into action with the team. But it soon emerges that the company, Auron, doesn't want its miners found. Ben must work out who to trust if he's to ensure that Gemini Force pulls off its most difficult mission yet. Impossible rescues, maximum risk, This is Gemini Force One. There were drops of blood in the snow. Not much, but enough. For several moments, neither one said anything. Ben knew from experience just how mind-bogglingly unlikely it was to be attacked in the rural Alps, never mind in such a remote location. If Paul hadn't stolen away in the middle of the night as part of some kind of training exercise or prank then the only other possibility was rather chilling. Someone had intentionally targeted Paul. Whoever it was had probably removed Rigel to prevent him from waking the others. They'd left Ben and Jasmine alone, with no means of communication and no food. Why did they just leave us? Jasmine said. It was obviously what they were both thinking. 
I don't think they wanted to harm us, Ben said. But then again, I doubt that they care one way or the other. Well, it's very simple. You can find this release by typing Gemini Force 1 into the search pane at bigfinish.com. Next up, Into Infinity, Planetfall. The lightship Altares and her crew plummet through the maw of a powerful black hole and emerge in a strange new universe. Running low on fuel and in need of repairs, Captain Harry Masters pilots the spaceship into orbit around an Earth-like planet. But before the crew can make planetfall, they must first attempt a dangerous manoeuvre to reach the towering gas clouds at the limit of the star system in order to refuel. In the plumes, the crew encounters the first of many mysteries, a silent alien colossus with clues that point back to the blue world. On the planet's surface, navigator Tom Bowen, Jane Masters and David Bowen discover the remains of a city and proof of visitations by more than one advanced race. While aboard the light ship, Dr. Anna Bowen experiences a ghostly reunion with a face from the past. Soon, the crew of Altares find themselves trapped between the malevolent alien force roused from slumber beneath the city and preparing for war in orbit, and a dangerous enemy from the Earth itself bent on seizing control of the lightship so far away from home. It was happening again. The Space Authority lightship Altares was coming apart after arrowing straight into the moor of the black hole. Streamers of fantastic colour lit at the direct-vision space windows and portholes, bathing the interior of the ship in a kaleidoscopic effulgence. The glow from their universe chased them down into the whirlpool, it too unable to escape the singularity's hunger. At first, she'd attempted to hold their course steady. As the ship's co-pilot, it was Jane Masters' duty and a commitment she would honour to the end, if indeed this was an ending for Altares and her crew of five. It certainly looked to be. Thunder pulsed at Jane's ears and smothered her shouts to the others. One moment she was still seated in the second of the two pilot chairs facing the forward space window, the navigation controls bucking against her grip and the violent unknown before them. Well, again, it's as simple as going to bigfinish.com and typing in into infinity into the search pane at the top to get on board. Wow, what a story. We'll be teasing you with her own bootstraps. A Ninth Doctor short trips adventure narrated by Jacob Dudman really rather soon. But before that, oh, oh, yes, 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 yes. And I say again, yes, it's time for... Listeners' emails. Yes, and of course, if <laughs> you want to send, <laughs> you want to email in. It's so simple. All you have to do is send your emails to podcast at bigfinish.com and they will arrive in our letterboxes, and we will have a little look through, see what's there, and maybe even read them out. Mm. Well, I've got our first one here from Adam Ross. Um, uh-huh. The subject of this one is 8th Doctor Time War 4 Review. Oh, oh. That's it. Dear Nick and Benji, hope you're both well. Um, uh, hope you're both going well. Uh, going, I've recently... Going. Like an old train. 
Arokar. Um, I've recently finished listening to the Eight Doctor Time War Four, and I was yes. spellbound at how brilliant it was. It says excellent there, but I just decided to say brilliant. Um, yeah, Palindrome was an engaging. <laughs> just insert and just change all the words. Yeah, that's it. It's actually a terrible review. It's it's they really didn't like it, so I've just I've just decided to to rewrite it. Um, no, uh, Palindrome um, was an engaging experimental drama with lots of twists and turns. Dreadshade was a nice calm before the storm story looking at post-war setting and restoration of the Daleks was a great ending to the box set with intriguing ideas and an ending which makes me look forward to seeing what happens next. Yeah. Many kudos to everyone who worked on the series. Thank you very Props. much. I did yeah. the sound Props on that one. Well. It was yeah. good fun. You did, yeah. didn't you? Yeah. Good fun, good fun. Um, speaking of Daleks, oh, um, yes. Dalek Universe looks to be a really intriguing experimental oh. series for the Tenth Doctor. Yeah. But I do hope that we get to hear some adventures with him and his companions, Martha, Captain Jack, Jackson Lake, uh, and Lady Christina in the near future. Well, at some point, I, I hope we'll do that. It's just a question of your actor availability and willingness to participate true say true say uh, um, true and, say is true, that a thing I don't know I just heard somebody saying it the other day like that mean, it means well, they're like, an idiot true say it means what true you say. say is the truth I suppose well can't uh, you just say that's true rather than true say <laughs> I just what, wanted what to say it just, 1984 or something true say man uh, <laughs> and finally um, are there plans to celebrate the 8th Doctor's 20th anniversary next year perhaps some audios of Lucy Charlie or uh, or Fitz and Izzy Hmm. Well, uh, no particular plans for that, although there's something rumbling around that I can't really tell you about. Uh, here's one from uh, Miles Cook. Um, a termination of Doctor Who main range is the subject. Uh, I've been putting off writing this letter since you released the news of the termination of the Doctor Who main monthly adventures range in May. But I just had to say how disappointed I am in that decision. I'm a fan of the 5th, 6th and 7th Doctors and have a very low income. So the main range subscription was great to ensure I had a year's worth of new adventures while I could save up for other releases, box sets, etc. No real information has been released as to how the new Doctor specific system is going to work and the advantages of the main range subscription, subscriber short trips and free single disc adventures with a 12 um, release subscription no longer apply. Not every Who fan is rolling in money. And in my case, this may result in me spending less money with Big Finish as I have uh, to become more restrictive in which doctors I'm able to continue following. Uh, for years, your company has extolled the virtue of the subscription system in providing much needed upfront capital to keep production, keep producing audio dramas. But now you have turned your back on that funding stream and your loyal customers who have limited incomes. Your sales team is second to none in their customer service, but your management team's decision has really let the whole team down. Regards, Miles Cook. Well, Here's the thing, Mars. Thanks ever so much for writing in, and I'm really pleased you brought this up. It's not us, really, who's made the decision. It's actually the listeners at large, uh, because with all the ranges now available, the main monthly range is getting a little lost because it isn't attributed to any specific doctor. Um, so uh, dividing the ranges up so that each doctor has their own range is our way of getting the fifth, sixth and seventh doctors the attention they deserve. And you will be able to buy the, the new ranges as bundles. The subscription model has, to be quite frank, and this isn't our doing, it's just people's preferences. It's waned in popularity quite considerably over recent years. 
Um, you know, I would love to have continued like that, but it just isn't supportable commercially. And we have to we have to find ways to ensure the commercial viability of the company. And we can't continue things that don't financially work. I know that sounds dreadfully dull. And you might think, well, that sounds very money grabbing. But honestly, none of us is making loads of money here. We're just trying to keep it going because we love it. Um, my intention is to make various additional digital elements available to those who choose to buy the new fifth, sixth and seventh Doctor bundles and releases. I, you know, my vision, my creative vision for the future of Big Finish Doctor Who is for all the doctors to have their own ranges so that anyone coming to the site and we're really we really want as well as our loyal listeners, uh, we want new people to come along and for it to be easy for them to get on board. Um, I think, I hope, Miles, that you will, won't will be disappointed by what we do. We've got loads of interesting ideas about stories coming up and loads of interesting ideas for the first and second Doctors as well as the third and fourth, fifth, sixth and seventh and eighth ranges. You know, I, I think there's a whole lot of exciting stuff here. And I, I know that you do have to end one thing to begin the others. But for me, this really shouldn't be a story about the end of something it's the beginning of something more exciting that said i'm one of those people who also is very resistant to change about certain things that i love in my life um, so i can understand your reticence here but i really don't think um I, I think you will find it affordable and i think you'll find a broad range of things will be able you'll be able to get within your budget that's my view anyway but please miles do keep in touch and let us know your thoughts well answered nick well answered well finally um, we've got on here from Drew O'Toole. Um, the subject of this one is question for podcast or vortex. Mm -hmm. um, hi, all at Big Finish. Um, there's no way to put into words how much you do for this community, keeping the flames going during the off season. Uh, thanks uh, for all you do in delivering great stories to us each week. Uh, my question for Nick is whether or not we'll see more Eighth Doctor in the Time War. Uh -huh. I know initially one set was planned, uh, which changed to four after the sad passing of Sir John Hurt. Um, and I noticed that whilst Gallifrey Time War 4 was, uh, was specifically said to be the last, when news on the fourth Eighth Doctor Time War set dropped, it didn't say it was the last. Um, so is there more to come? Uh, will it too surpass four sets as the Warmaster has, or is the Time War coming to a close at Big Finish? Kind regards drew o'toole well at this stage i can't give a precise answer drew but perhaps i can give you a hint by saying the time war is not coming to a close at big finish let's put it that way i'm really glad you enjoyed it um yeah yeah there are all sorts of plans bubbling around that you know we'll announce them uh, when it's all solidified um, when we're sure it's happening and when we're sure we can get the maximum impact uh, that's the thing when you the reason you keep things secret is to announce them at a time when you feel that you've got everything ready and everyone will be listening and they'll be uh, you know on all social media and, and in magazines and things and so you will get the maximum reach and the, the best launch for your product that's the only reason for secrecy in these matters anyway that's it for listeners emails this week uh more next time i can assure you of that dear listeners yes uh keep them coming to podcast at bigfinish.com 
and don't forget coming up uh, is the randomoid selectatron where we give you a 25% discount on a randomly selected big finish release and our special preview of November's 10th Doctor and River Sorting Box set featuring David Tennant and Alex Kingston so you know lots lots to do Um, but before that here's a preview of this week's Doctor Who Short Trips release Her Own Bootstraps Emergency klaxons blare as siren lights flash throughout the underground super science facility of Pequod Transplanetary. A man in a black leather jacket fled from heavily armed security officers. He held an oblong metal device beneath his arm. Alert! Alert! The doctor is in Coalfield Base 715! Pulling from his jacket a second smaller device, the doctor pointed it towards the ceiling and activated it. The smaller device emitted a blue light, a low whine, and then a blast door slammed closed behind him. His destination lay at the end of the corridor, an anachronistic blue box waiting for him just outside of the facility's Xenotech filter. He pushed forward through the home stretch, but as he slid his key into the TARDIS lock, a woman with red hair, put up into a tight ponytail, appeared in a flash of blue light. Dr. Bryce, the doctor began, pushing the TARDIS door open. One day soon, Someone's going to come and take that Vortex manipulator off you. Bryce ignored the veiled threat and moved to take the device from under the Doctor's arm, but he retreated over the threshold of the TARDIS. Give that back, Doctor! We... The Doctor had no time for her pleas and countered them with what he'd learned about her current employers. We what? Tell me, Dr. Bryce, what sort of science did you intend to conduct with a bomb that wipes out planets? What's best practices for the study of a weapon meant for genocide? The Doctor had no time for Dr. Bryce's inevitable array of annoying excuses. As she began them, he slammed the TARDIS door shut. Making his way to the console, he deposited the metallic oblong on the seat and began programming in coordinates, or at least programming them in as best as he could with his TARDIS, temperamental as ever. He was at least fairly certain that this living machine knew where he needed to go. His destination was a place he could permanently destroy his newly acquired cargo and never worry about it again. With its destruction, he could return and deal with Dr. Bryce. It had been Bryce's activities that had brought the doctor to Pequod Transplanetary's research laboratory. She was one of the most infamous criminals of any of the human empires. Her atrocities were legendary, and her pioneering of portable vortex manipulator technology ensured that she was never around when the authorities arrived. Even now, when she finally tangled with the doctor, she got away. The doctor shook his head. He could have brought her to justice, and would in the future. However, once he had discovered the terrible weapon she had in her possession, he'd been forced to change his plans. No one could ever be allowed to activate this device, especially not someone like Dr. Althea Bryce. Big Finish presents Doctor Who Short Trips. Her Own Bootstraps by Amy Veris. Read by Jacob Dudman. Somewhere else. 
some when else. A deserted island beach was interrupted by the telltale mechanical wheezing of the TARDIS landing. Stone-faced and full of purpose, the Doctor exited. The Time Lord carried a spade in one hand and the metal oblong in the other. He looked up to confirm his location by the layout of the stars in the evening sky. The scanners weren't the latest component to go faulty. He was exactly where he needed to be. Krakatoa, 1883, two hours before the eruption. The doctor crossed the beach towards the base of the volcano. The plan was simple. Bury the atmosphere destroyer, for that was the name of this destructive abomination, and let the volcano do the rest. It's nearly over, the doctor said to nobody in particular. Finally, an end to it all. There was a sense of hesitant joy in that last statement, like he was expecting some complication to come and take away this rare moment of happiness. Almost on cue, a high-pitched nasal voice chimed in, sounding younger than before, but unmistakably the same woman. What's nearly over? The doctor turned towards the voice, even as he heard it continue. And what are you even doing here, dude? In an hour or two, this volcano's gonna explode and take anyone nearby with... Hey, what's that you got under your arm? And just go to bigfinish.com, type her bootstraps. No, don't t- type her own <laughs> bootstraps. Don't type her bootstraps. That won't work. Uh, that was my mistake. I'm sorry. Uh, it, type that into the search pane. And there you shall find it. Also, do check out our Doctor Who short trips range for all sorts of brilliant bite-sized Doctor Who audio what? stories. I actually wrote bit-sized. I don't know what. It's just the size of a bit. <laughs> just a bit. Uh, time now for us to offer you a 25% discount on a randomly selected Big Finish release. Yes! It's the Randomoid Selectatron. Well, Ran has delivered a good one, actually. It's oh. uh, Doctor Who's Seven Keys to Doomsday. What a wicked one that is. Let's have the trailer. Here's our seats, Jimmy. Hurry up, it's nearly time to start. Who are you? And what are your names? Jenny. Jenny Wilson. Jimmy Forbes. And what I want to know is... How do you do? Very pleased to meet you. I'm the Doctor. Doctor? Doctor who? If you like. The reactor must be recaptured and the rebels destroyed immediately. Has the doctor been found? Not yet, your majesty. Order the guards to redouble their vigilance. The doctor must not succeed in entering the base. Who is this doctor? Where did you meet him? Why did he come to Khan? He was after some kind of crystals. Said they're important. I seek knowledge of the crystal of all power. What is its purpose? Why has it been divided and the smaller crystals hidden? Knowledge of the crystal of all power is forbidden. Any who seeks it must be killed. You and your companions must be destroyed. The success of our mission is far more important than the life of any one of us. Whatever happens to us, the Daleks must not get hold of the crystal of all power. Stay where you are, or you will be exterminated! I appear to be surrounded. It's almost as if you were expecting me. Indeed we were, Doctor. This is your final defeat. 
Of course, those uh, new to Doctor Who um, might not know that um, this is, of course, an audio adaptation of the Doctor Who stage play from the 1970s. That's right. Um, yeah, which is I was just watching a thing about it on um, on YouTube, which was fascinating. Seven Keys to Doomsday. Did you ever see it, Nick, is the question. No, I didn't. I mean, my sad, sad story about it, which in this documentary is actually, I'm interviewed and I, I mentioned, is that I desperately wanted to see it. Um, but, my, you know, we didn't live in London and it had to go to, and it was before I'd moved to London to go to college or anything like that. And uh, my parents just said, no, no, we can't see that. I was like, what? But it's like a Doctor Who thing with Daleks in and everything. No, we can't see it. Oh, I was just utterly mortified that I was going to miss out on this huge Doctor Who thing and I did indeed miss out on it I remember seeing a, a poster for a sort of a, an amateur production of it somewhere in the, the Peak District you know in Derbyshire years later never got to see that either so um, it was great when we got the opportunity to, to adapt this you know and have Terence Dix involved I remember Terence sitting in the control room uh and uh, checking through the script, checking we were all doing it right, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and helping out now and again if a question came up. We said, well, you we see robots. <laughs> um, no, it, was, it was lovely. I remember two things stick out in my mind about this production. One is that the, I think there's like, is it the Emperor Dalek or is it the King of the Daleks or something? Well, anyway, I remember the Daleks call him Your Majesty, which made me laugh. And the other thing is that the essential, uh, the central story about this is almost exactly the same as uh, the Stolen Earth and Journey's End storyline in that the, the Daleks, they don't want to conquer, they want to actually destroy everything. And that's what um, Davros wants to do in that story on television, doesn't he? He just yeah. wants to destroy the universe. It's pretty because pretty uh, rubbish thing very, to do, I think. Really. Well, yeah, <laughs> these evil characters. So I remember thinking when we were doing this, oh, this is this is like the same story, isn't it? I wonder whether Russell was aware of that. I'm I'm sure he wasn't actually. And you know, it's very uh, it's different ideas get dressed up, and, or the same ideas often get dressed up and changed around quite a lot. You know, with different flavorings and colorings applied. Um, Trevor Martin as the Doctor was lovely, um, a lovely man, a man whose voice was impossibly low. <laughs> Mr. Lowman. Yes. And also we had uh, Charlie Hayes playing the character of Jenny, and Charlie is the daughter of Wendy Padbury, who played the ah. original Jenny. You see, it all makes sense, doesn't it? It all makes yeah. sense. There we great have fun. it. Seven keys to doomsday. A great twenty-five percent off. Yeah, cracking release. It's uh, it's the perfect tonic for uh, for staying at home and chilling out at the moment. And if you well, Nick, you can tell us how we do the discount if you like. Well, I think I did it last week. Did you do it? Well, in that case, I'll do it now then. Um, I can't remember. <laughs> I don't know who's coming and who's going. And um, what you need to do is go to bigfinish.com. So simple. And then on there on the menu, get a podcasts on podcasts go to read more um, yes. and on there in the little blurb underneath the picture of us 
Um, there's, uh, it will take you to just click here and enter the code BUCKUP. That's BUCKUP, all capital letters, uh, no spaces, no complications. BUCKUP, of course, being referenced to a uh, sort of gag that we had going a while back <laughs> uh, uh, in the olden days. Uh, but if you enter that, you'll get your 25% discount. So it's well worth doing, I think. And thanks, of course, to Ran. You are yes. indeed a pal. Yes. Um, usually about now we say goodbye and leave you with a 15-minute drama tease of one of our latest releases. Um, but this week we break the tradition. <laughs> oh, that's, when the, that's when all the thunder comes down. Um, we're breaking that tradition for a no. special preview of November's 10th Doctor and River Song release. Yes, David Tennant recently voted the UK's favourite Doctor. It was the UK, wasn't it? It wasn't the world or anything, was it? Was it uh, I, I don't know. I, th- I think it was just the UK. Well, anyway, it was, uh, yeah, it was in the Radio Times and they did a survey. And uh, Alex Kingston also, uh, she's not the favourite doctor, she's Riversong, uh, featuring this rather lovely preview package. Hello, my name is David Tennant. I am playing the doctor. And I am Alex Kingston and I play Riversong. And there we go, River Song. I was right. You have in something in the fresco. And what have we here? Oh. Oh. It's safe to say I wasn't expecting that. Uh, that's lovely. Thank you. Stop recording. Scene 11, page 19. Take one. Which is what's always been so fascinating about this, this relationship, is that they're both at, at different stages of it. And... Uh, my doctor is kind of baffled, really, by her, and rather doesn't understand why she's being so flirty and so sort of. It's all it, it doesn't really compute. Although over these three stories, I think we do. He does begin to. He certainly softens, I think, towards her. Ways. Yeah, I'd agree. He definitely softens, and it's like you sort of have gotten the measure of her now, and know how to handle her when she's being playful or. Whereas I agree, um, in Science in the Library, you were sort of pretty unsure about her as a, as a person yes. coming into your life. I'm very threatened by someone who seemed to know more about me than I knew about them. That's not, yeah. the Doctor doesn't like it that way around. Yeah. Oh, don't think I don't know what you're doing! So obvious! <sighs> right then. <sighs> Dear Doctor. I'm David Richardson. I'm the producer of... The Tenth Doctor and River Song. Expiry date is James Goss at his most brilliantly inventive. I mean, the idea of doing a whole episode based around correspondence between the two lead characters is pure genius. Hello, I'm James Goss and I wrote Expiry Dating. I do remember working with Matt Fitton because one of the things about this was he said, oh, The Tenth Doctor and River is happening. And I went, oh, that's great. I should think of a story. And he said, well, actually, when we first talked about it, you came up with the idea of it being an exchange of letters. I loved I loved that one, actually. I thought it was very clever. Yes, it, very, it was a really clever script. It was a very Stephen Moffat script, I thought. Mm. Felt like he was channeling Stephen Moffat in that one. Mm. So what, I quite reasonably wondered, were you doing in the Quantum Vatican's gift shop seven centuries earlier? Especially as, I mean, I don't want to be rude, but... Does that mean that you're either a time traveller or very long-lived? I can't hear anything. Um, I don't have a page 30. Do I say anything? (laughs) You do. I wonder why you suddenly start talking. (laughs) Well, do you know what? This is a question I've been wanting to ask, Alex, for years. Yeah. 
How aware were you when we did Silence in the Library that there was any sense that River Song's story was just beginning as you'd played your death scene? Oh, I had no idea at all. Was that a total surprise? Yes, totally. I thought that it was just a lovely sort of rather sad sort of encapsulated story arc, you know, Mm. and where she dies in the end, she sacrifices herself and uh, you never really fully get to know what was ever between them. Hello, I'm Lizzie Hopley and I'm the writer of Precious Annihilation. Thank you. So if you'd all like to go into record, please. Recording. 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 And this is scene six, page 13, take one. Baked apple, madam. And penny quills. Frappets of pad, your beef. Oh, I forgot that smell. Oh, my word. Hello, sweetie. Fancy a pint? What? We'll have six and chasers. Take this for your pains. Oh, you're too kind, Albert. But if you insist. River song. I pitched a number of ideas, I think three paragraphs. And one of which was the gem dealer. So it was just one little paragraph. And I already had... That was the one that they liked out of the three ideas. You're a woman. Every single inch of me. Oh, blimey, governor. Yes, that was great. That was a sort of, yeah, a romp through time, wasn't it? Yeah, in ye old London. Bit of that, yeah. (laughs) A bit of backwards and forwards and a bit of... uh, Yes, a really lovely idea of a sort of an alien race who think they're doing something really clever. I was definitely already a fan of David Tennant. I knew his work before he was cast in Doctor Who. I didn't know he was such a fan and I didn't know he'd worked so extensively with Big Finish and was already aware of this amazing company and the work that they do. So his enthusiasm has just bowled me over as it has all the fans. My name's Anjali Mohindra and I play Omara Franny and the barmaid. What if you get it wrong and there is no threat? We're very often wrong. And then there is no activation. Amara is an alien and she is desperate to protect her people. I was keen to sort of make sure she was quite strong and manipulative and, yeah, has a kind of self-righteousness about her because she thinks what she's doing is absolutely right and fair. I like that. I like that there's a, there's a sort of ambiguity. You know, she's not just... She, she thinks she's doing something for the good of her own people. And the good of the planet, isn't she? And the good of, yes, and just sort of getting it a bit wrong. The first time I ever encountered Big Finish at all was through um, Joe Lidster's Terra Firma. I was cast as Gemma Griffin, and it was thanks to the wonderful character of Curious, played by Conrad Westmas. And I was killed by a Dalek. I met the amazing Nick Briggs. And, of course, I played the companion to Paul McGann, which... As a first job in, in Doctor Who, ain't that bad. We require a leader who will coordinate our empire. I don't understand you. You're not a Dalek, Gemma, you're a person. We need a leader who understands us. And I did some fabulous series after that. I was in the Iris Wild Time, of course. I was in Cyberman by Nick Briggs. That was fabulous. Toby Longworth was in that and just... In, in meeting Lisa Powerman and oh my goodness, the people I met on this and um, Katie Manning, of course, with Iris and going on to do some of my my favourite things. I, Davros, of course, playing um, Davros's sister. 
I adore that. It was such a clever idea. And I listened to it quite recently, actually. And it's, it's still, because it's got such a fabulous structure because of what it was based on, it's still, it's still so good. So I was so proud to be in that one because of the weight of it, I think. It's really unusual recording in this way, but I do really like it. The thing I miss the most is getting to hang out with everybody and just sort of that camaraderie. But it is nice being in your own home as well. Tempting, though, when you know you've got a pack of biscuits in the kitchen that you could go for every single time it's a little tea break. Not that the snack boxes at the studios aren't always well stocked, but I just mean, like, it's tempting that all your stuff's here. You can kind of go and fiddle with it all. But it's just so nice to be able to record and make stuff because as an artist, as a creative person, I I really kind of hit my head against the wall with all this creative energy inside me that needs a bit of an outlet. So, yeah, it's just been so nice to have something to put that into with a group of people all in the same boat it is very much a, a team effort when we do these productions that are you know we're working under lockdown we were working quickly in pre-production and it takes a lot of focus and energy to do it and get it right um i have to praise matt fitton our script editor particularly on that front um he had a, a very strong eye across the scripts at every stage of the process um, you know, Matt's a very focused, um, and often quite quiet chap, actually, which which often goes against sort of the the sheer amount of work and focus that he he gives to the job. I mean, a lot of the productions we make at Big Finish are under Matt's eye. Yeah, he's one of the heroes of Big Finish. He's old Matt. Why I think Alex Kingston and David work so well together stems from a, a number of different angles. I think, firstly. The invention of River Song as a character was just a stroke of genius. It's such an exciting thing. We haven't really, you know, the whole subject of the Doctor and romance and his kind of relationship background is was new territory to us this second time around, really. And it was so boldly gone into. And yet you're dealing with time travel as well. So they didn't just kind of put a romantic interest in. They had this whole, um, you know, the, the team that developed her character and also wrote the stories and then developed her whole storylines. Not, I can't just name one person because it is the whole way that character has developed and woven around the Doctor's timeline. Researching that is a nightmare. So obviously there are people in Big Finish that understand what that's about. Amazing people have actually put it online so that you can negotiate her timeline if you have the brain power but yeah the fact that there are people in big finish that have done that just means that that not only has this major relationship landed in his life but it's also a science fiction idea it revolves around time travel and that is genius oh i've done elizabethan london loads been round the tower been in the tower of course you have I got six months for dating a Spaniard. Oh, of course you did. I didn't know he was a spy. David, well, describe it's... your setup. Well, my I'm I'm in a little sort of cubby hole, which is in the roof of my house. I'm in the eaves. I've got an old child's bed mattress wrapped around me. I've got suitcases that are draped in material to stop them bouncing the sound in unpleasant ways, and hopefully an internet connection. And that's sort of it. And we all hear each other in our ears. And we play the scenes as if we were next to each other in soundproof booths. But of course, there are miles between us all. So it's 
it's lovely actually to to be able to feel like you're at work surrounded by people when of course we're all secluded at home I think it makes a difference that we sort of know each other already. Yes. That yes. that helps. So you can put a face to the voice. Yeah. Uh, which is which is really nice. But it is amazing how intimate it becomes very quickly. Yes, it's quite weird when you when when one emerges from uh, well for me this little cubby hole I'm in, and of course there's family life carrying on as normal, because you get very sort of caught up and you kind of go into. I feel a bit like I'm going through into Narnia. When I come into this little, I have to crawl through some dresses and I, I emerge on the other side in this strange little semi-recording booth that I've constructed. Of course, you go, you know, you, you go all through through all of time and space. And then at the end of it, you switch off and you go back and there's homeschooling to be done. It's very, it's quite, it's quite curious. Yeah. Yeah. I have to do the same thing. I have to climb up a stepladder and clamber onto a chair to get out of right. my little my little um, cubby hole but it's that thing of then opening the front door and breathing fresh air and <laughs> realizing that it's been a lovely day and you never knew it yes yes <laughs> and then all the, also the the terror of sending in the audio files of course that you've recorded yourself the terror oh. that you press the wrong button and it all goes wrong I'll, you know i've always have been very grateful of sound engineers but oh my goodness i don't envy them what was lovely to behold was just how much David and Alex were loving doing these. They, they, they had a really good week during these sessions and didn't hold back in saying how much fun they were having, which, yeah, that was really rewarding for me, actually. It was, you know, it means a lot when your leading man and your leading lady are just having fun with it. That's what you want. You know, you want people to be enjoying themselves. To think I was in the 1800s and missed you. <laughs> Fancy! Well, that's it for this week. We'll be back next Sunday with more goodies for you. In the meantime, please don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to this here podcast. Or simply look out for it at bigfinish.com. Yeah, very nice.